Psalm 127, a song of ascent of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who built it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the, children's of one, are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with him. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Psalm 128. Blessed are, are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessing and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children peace beyond Israel. Let's pray. God, we, um, for the man who fears the Lord, God, help us to fear you. Help us have a healthy fear of you. God, we pray that you would raise up our, our kids from our homes and our churches and send them out like arrows. They are gifts and they are instruments to be used for your glory and for the spread of the kingdom. So we, we pray that you will help us to be mothers and fathers who are dependent on you to build the house, to build the home, to build this church. God, pray for singles, that they would see themselves as a part of this family, transcendent to physical ties, but a crucial part to discipleship of the next generation. God, we love you and we thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And that's the magic of television. You guys pray, and now we're up here. We know if you peaked, though, you knew you were up here. Like I said earlier, I'm Daniel Wagner. I'm the executive pastor of ministry here, and I'm just thankful that y'all are with us for really what is a cool day. So many of these people on the couches with me are friends, and they've got great insight about family. As I said earlier, we want this to be a day where it's not just about marriage, and it's not just about parenting. We've had great environments for that at Fawner Church. Laura leads our marriage ministry. We've had great marriage conferences that have happened. We've had a great parenting conference just a couple of months ago with Dr. John Cox here in town. Great opportunities, but what we want to look at today is far more than just the transaction of those things, right? What's the obligation of a parent or, or in a marriage? And those things are duties and their privileges. But when you put all that together with the real mess of people, the real hopes and aspirations of people, people's own faiths, you get something beautiful and it's family. So that's what we want to talk about today. Uh, this is unprompted. I didn't send this to the email, but I think you guys are quick enough on your feet. Let's go around. Chris, we'll start with you. Introduce yourself. Talk about your family and how long you've been at Fondren Church. My name is Chris Mixon. I'm the student pastor here at Fondren Church. Uh, I belong to Jordan Mixon. She's on the front row right there. Uh, we have been married since 2012. Uh, we've kind of been all around the world a little bit, in Haiti and Dominican Republic. Uh, we started coming to Fondren Church in 2016. We now have three beautiful kids, and they are a blessing to us. They're a gift to us, and so we love this church family. We love you guys, and we're thankful to be a part of this. And I'm Joshua Metcalf. This is my wife, Amelia. 
we've been at Fondren Church since the very beginning, uh, day, you know, negative one. So uh, we have four kids from almost 21 down to almost 14, um, and we feel very inadequate to be up here <laughs> speaking to you. For the record, they're not here at this service, so there's nothing that y'all can follow up with on anything that we say to verify. Take two. I'm Tim Meeks. This is my wife, Tracy. Uh, we've been at Fondren for about five years. We celebrated 34 years of marriage, uh, July 9th. Uh, we have three daughters, uh, one who and her husband attends here, uh, Jonathan and Caitlin West. And uh, we have also have two grandsons. Uh, same reason, one of them is wearing, uh, it was not feeling well, and so they are not here today, so we can do the same thing. But... Um, Anyway, and our uh, middle daughter lives with us, and our uh, youngest daughter is married and lives in uh, just north of Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, uh, John and Allison Hurdle, been here since 2014. Um, beautiful daughter, 12, year, 12 years old, nine-year-old son. Um, and, yeah, same thing, we feel very inadequate to being up here, too, so... Um, my name's Laura McAlpin. I'm the marriage minister here at Fondren Church. My husband, Josh, we celebrate 25 years of marriage this year, March, in March 7th. Yay. Be continually in prayer for him. And, <laughs> and we have two sons. Caleb is at Mississippi State. He is 19, and Matthew is 10. That's us. Yeah, I'm Daniel. My wife, Carly, will be here in the 11 o'clock service. So, again, feel free to challenge that if you're uh, open to anything there. We got one kid who turned three a couple days ago. So I'm, uh, I think, the youngest up here in marriage and in parenting. So maybe this is a little bit for me of a family. But, again, we want to move outside the land of workshop and into the land of what God's doing in family. You know, there are many of you, uh, I spend a lot of time in our young adult ministry, so that's young singles, young marrieds, no kids. And I know that on a day like this where we talk about family, it's probably easy for some of you to check out or turn the switch off and to think this, there's nothing for me here. But as we see in scripture, in both Psalm 127, 128, my own Bible reading this morning that I was doing, Psalm 78, we see woven all throughout, not just that book, but all the books that something in God's character would say, the way that we want the world to grow and the way that I want my glory as God to grow is through people, new people and people dwelling together. There's something beautiful that we see here. So in this Psalm, you kind of see the movement of four families uh, as the family kind of grows and different stages of the family. So we've got some families up here that are gonna help us process through some of these things. So Laura, let me ask you the first question here as we think about family. For people that are starting out, in their family, kind of that first season, married, maybe not kids, maybe a kid coming along the way. What are some things that uh, they need to get right early on in family? Um, that's a great question. First of all, I want to say that, like, I really was so pleased listening to Lauren and the worship team's choice of songs this morning, just because they're so relevant to, I think, the discussion that we're going to have this, this morning. But, like, first, I would say it's important to be... Um, to focus on your personal relationship with Christ. Because, and Lauren Song spoke to that, we are prone to wander in all areas of our life. And if you don't know who the king is, the king that is in this room, like our staff is here to help you make that next step and find that. But if you want the Lord to have authority over your life and your marriage and your family, you have to allow him, you get to give him that authority. And if you haven't done that, 
then the rest of what we're going to talk about is not a moot point, but it's going to be much more difficult for you. So your personal relationship with Christ as far as how hard and fast are you following after him? How are you doing with creating a spirit, your spirituality and developing your relationship with the Lord is the ultimate responsibility of you and, and how you follow after him. Because if I am not where I need to be with the Lord, I'm not going to be bringing my best to my partner in my marriage. I'm not going to be bringing my best to my children and my family. So ultimately you have kind of have to start with you. And then I would just say it's important to be purposeful and intentional about the practices that you set priorities over. That's a lot of peace. It's all right. Look, you're on a stage. We alliterate. It's what we do. I would just say like, it's like we all have priorities in our own lives and you have to make room for the Lord to have authority in your life and over your marriage and in your family. So that's going to be setting priorities. So the easiest ways I think as a young married couple just starting out that I would encourage folks to do is to build spiritual intimacy within your marriage. That is something that is foreign to a lot of us because we did not see that model in our homes growing up often. It can feel very uncomfortable to be vulnerable with your partner and be like, okay, we're gonna pray. We've never done that before together, but we're gonna do that together. Like that's, that can be a big step for someone that's never done that before. So I would say start small, find community. There's easy ways, like we've built in easy ways for you to kind of onboard spiritual intimacy into your marriage here at Fondren Church. Like find a small group to start with that helps you begin to foster spiritual spiritual conversations. Attend church regularly with your family and your spouse. Again, that spurs spiritual conversations. Like when we drive home from church in our car, we talk about what we learned at church. What did you talk, what did you talk about in Sunday school or in kids group? What did we, you know, what, what point meant the most, most to you that Robert or Daniel or John spoke this morning? Like it's an opportunity to build spiritual conversations within your life. That's true even if you're single and you're just connecting with friends and family. Like find opportunities to speak spiritual truths into one, one another's lives. And outside of that, if, if, if you're already doing those things, the next step might would be to like find a way to serve together because that builds tremendous spiritual intimacy with your partner if you are serving the Lord in a way that you both have agreed to move forward together that you feel called in. So I'd say serve, read books together, find ways to pray together. Just start small and be patient with one another and be persistent. Lots of peace. Lots of peace. It's a litter. It's <laughs> contagious. That's what happens. Y'all are like, why do you rhyme up here all the time? It just happens, guys. So, Chris, let me throw it to you over here, right? You're kind of in the same stage of life I am. You got a couple more kids than I do, but you, you are trying to figure out how do I prioritize my faith and the faith of my wife and the faith of my children all together, and God's working something beautiful together in your family in faith. What are some things that you're trying to do kind of earlier in your stage? Again, let's, you know, as much as we can, stay out of the land of tips and tricks. Like, what's God doing in you and doing in the life of your children and your wife? Yeah, I think, um, you know, for Jordan and I, like the home is absolutely essential for family discipleship, for generational discipleship. It, it starts in the home for us. Like we don't want to abdicate that responsibility as parents. Like that's something God is going to hold us responsible for, uh, teaching our kids, showing our kids uh, what the word looks like. Um, and so it's absolutely 
essential. Like, you know, for, for our kids, the best Bible teachers in this room isn't necessarily the person up here preaching or their Sunday school teacher or their youth pastor. It's you guys. It's me and Jordan in the home practicing um, family worship time and teaching our kids uh, the word and the truth and showing them what it means to live for the glory of God. And so, um, you know, God's designed family that way. Like men are responsible for setting the spiritual climate in the homes and fathers and mothers are to work together raising their kids up um, with the hope that we send them out like arrows, you know, into the world where God can use them as instruments for his glory. And second, you know, just Ephesians 6, 4, um, it drives our parenting, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So we want our kids to know the word. We want to show them more. We want to put it on their minds and in their hearts constantly. Um, I've got Deuteronomy 6 tattooed right here on my forearm with my kids' birthdays. Um, as a reminder, in the, in the Hebrew word uh, to teach them diligently uh, is there as well. And it's like, you know, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And, and teach them diligently as you walk, as you go, as you sit, as you go into public spaces. Uh, this is what the Lord has called us to do as parents. This is something that we want to elevate above everything else, really. Um, not that we always get that right. We're, we're struggling often, but it's something that we want to prioritize and think about and practice. Yeah, and I mean, that forces you for your faith to grow, right? You got somebody Absolutely. who's looking up at you and you're like, God's I got to get this thing right. rigged, man. If, like, if, if we're not in the word, if we're not praying, if we're not uh, learning and growing, like there's, we're incapable of doing this discipleship thing. So it, it does force you um, to lean on and, and seek the Lord. Yeah, that's good. He's working something in family and all of us. So hurdles here, we'll turn to you. Kind of the next scope we see in this Psalm and 127, we got this picture of kids that go out and they advocate for their children, I mean, for their parents. They join them in the spiritual work that they're doing. So the two of you, you know, in your parenting as you've got kids that are kind of in that, you know, tween teen stage right there. What's that looked like in your family as you both advocate for, uh, you know, raising your children up in the wisdom and instruction of the Lord. So taking a distinctly Christian position of parenting, what's that looked like for your family and what's that done for the two of you? Well, uh, I think after the service, I need to get a tattoo of a Bible verse on my leg. Totally. It's cool. They're like something. all real things. Like Chris uh, doesn't yeah. have like fake things. They're all yeah. meaningful tattoos. You, yeah. said it, you said it wouldn't be tips and tricks, but we've yeah, already exactly. got some. Yeah. You're right. So, you know. I'll be a much better father if I had a tattoo on my back or something. Well, Bible Allison, we'll let you talk so, about that. Uh, no, look, so uh, we have, I mean, if we're going to be good stewards of our children, I mean, if they're a blessing to us, uh, I mean, think about it just initially. We're naming our children. Like, we're, we're, we're calling their identity into existence. Like, I mean, Willow Hurdle. Like, we identified who she is. And so much more so in the spiritual realm, like, who does God say that they are, you know, and who does God say, and, and for me to um, develop that culture or uh, that discipleship there, like, I need to know that about myself too. Um, and, and what am I doing that's seeking his voice daily? Um, I mean, the sun rose today. God's got an agenda. His spirit's moving. You know what I mean? Um, there's, there's something that we 
we, like in our household, we want to see our kids grow and develop that ear to hear his voice. Um, and if we can steward that, then I feel like what comes with that is discernment that they can then make, we're not having to look over their shoulders all the time. They can start making the right decisions because the spirit inside them is saying so. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I got. Yeah, no, that's great. I appreciate that. We'll talk about the tattoo later, of course. But for you guys, you know, I admire the way that you, uh, you want your children to know the Lord and to walk with him faithfully. So as we see pressures from uh, what scripture would refer to as the world, right? The fact that we have a very real enemy in Satan who roams the earth like a roaring, roaring lion seeking whom he might devour, that he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. What does that really do to you as parents as you think, man, we want our family to stand for the Lord and to seek Jesus Christ in the face of what feels like sometimes incredible opposition? Yes, so we have a preteen in the house, so we're definitely feeling those pressures. And um, I think, you know, a lot of times it's um, a learning, it's all the time a learning process for me with Sweet Willow, who's shown us so much grace as my firstborn. But um, just what's made a difference is focusing on relationship and not just rules. Um, Children want to be heard too, and they want to be seen. And so rather than just throw out a bunch of no's, and because I said so, um, we have conversations, and those conversations started um, very early, earlier than we might think. Um, who does God say you are? How did God design you and your body? And who, um, what does God say love is? What is love? And we, we set that tone for them. Um, so when we start to feel the pressures, we're able to come back to that and say, now what do we say about this? What does God say about this? And does this thing we're asking for, does that line up with those standards? And a lot of times, the kids come alongside us and we can all come to that conclusion together. And then there's the times when we don't. And um, we have to get really comfortable with disappointing them. And um, that's hard because no no parent wants to disappoint their child. But in those moments, um, I look them in the eye and I say, do you trust me? And thankfully, most of the time, I say all the time I get a yes. And um, and I say, I'm, I'm going to have to ask you to do that because... I've taken this before God, and I've prayed, and um, I can't just say I've prayed. I have to do it. It calls me to a higher standard. So when I get asked, can I watch this movie? Can I watch this show? Can I read this book? Can I have this app? I have to put in the work. I read the reviews. I I watch the movie myself. Um, I pray about it, and does this line up with what we want for our family? And then I can come back and say either yes or, or no, it doesn't, and, you know, sit with them in the disappointment if I have to, but, um, but I want them to walk away knowing that, that I hear you, I see you, and, it, and it's hard and it stinks sometimes, but I will say I do, there's a fight for the family right now and for our youth, and, um, you know, like I said, it is, it is easier just to give an across-the-board yes or no, um, but to, like, really step into discernment for for each thing that you're walking through with your child. I mean, it, it, it can be so exhausting. But we are called to be that buffer and, and stand in the gap for them um, because there there is a battle for that, and it's worth the work. And so I would say, you know, sometimes I lay in bed at night, and I'm like, I gave the short answer, the easy answer, and I might have to get up out of bed and walk to her room and say, um, 
you know, I, was, I don't like the way I responded. And um, I, want, I want to hear how you feel on that, and I'm sorry. So I think transparency, too. So that, that's kind of what it looks like in our home right now. Yeah, that's great, Allison. I appreciate that. Both of you, John and Allison, yeah, your, your depth to say these are not just uh, kids that I have, right, but they're going to become people, people that we have the responsibility to shepherd and to steward and to long for the deep spiritual work of them. So I'll turn to the Metcalfs, and they're kind of the step beyond that. You've got great kids who I love. A lot of them have been uh, friends of mine. Chris has several in student ministry. So uh, Van Harden, our missions pastor, and I were talking the other day, and we were like, hey, do you know who the only people that we know of that have been at Fawner Church that have gone to all of our partners? And uh, he was like, J.J. Metcalf is one of them. So you guys have sent your kid with some characters around the world, some characters, plural. I'll incriminate myself partially there. But talk about that, right? How have you done that with all four of your children, moving past seeing them as just kids, but into people that God would place before the foundation of time in your family for your holiness, for your growth, but also for theirs so that they can go out one day on their own? Well, I was... I echo everything Allison was saying about conversations and um, you, you, you can have meaningful conversations about things that seem a little deeper than a little kid. You have it at, at their level, but you have to be comfortable having semi-hard conversations when they're little because it gets really hard when it's real and they're independent and teenagers or adults. And um, so one of the things that we've done that I don't think that we did this purposefully, I think it just turns out, oh, good idea, is letting them go on mission trips, whether it was with the family or with you when you would take the youth to Matamoros when they were young. When they have independent experiences with mentors and adults who are um, also modeling um, Jesus in their lives because, you know, it's not a shock to know that teenagers often don't, they do learn from us, but a lot of times they don't want to. And so when you can kind of cultivate relationships with people who um, you know can lead them well and give them independent things and it becomes a faith that's not just their mom and dad's, it's their own. And I can tell them they should have it all I want but they've got to have independent experiences in order to make it their own. Yeah. And I think I would just add to that, that it's, we, we talked about this, that you know, it's a continuum. You, know, you start these discussions when they're young, you keep them, you know, keep these discussions going. And I do love the verse that you know, children are like arrows and at some point you're gonna release them. Um, and, you know, like Amelia said, some of the things that we've done have been very deliberate and others we've just sort of, you know, happened into and some turned out to be great ideas, some not so much, but trying to start early so that we build those habits in them and have those discussions so that they're, when it does come time to let them go, they haven't spent 18 years with us, with us saying, yes, no, do this, don't do that. We've talked about the reasons why so that they can be, they can do that analysis for themselves. But surely that hasn't been easy, right? What's that looked like for you in your faith? How's that grown your faith when you say this family is something that's important to me? Recognizing that it's in this state right now where we've got, and you don't even have this anymore really, but we've got all six of us under the roof. One day we know it's not going to be like that. How, what's that done to your faith? Well, it's one of those things, you know, Amelia was talking about, you know, sending our, our kids on mission trips, but going together as a family um, is something that, that really has deepened our faith and helped us serve together and has tied us together 
Um, and, you know, it's one of those ways when you let your kids see you live out your faith and then you see your kids do it and, and you're all together, it just, it deepens, um, it deepens the meaning, it deepens the significance of, um, of what your faith means to you and what it looks like. So, uh, you know, talking about practical things, like that's one of the, one of the best things that we've done. And that really was, uh, you know, three years ago, we all went to Cambodia together and I give Amelia 100% of the credit. I was afraid to go, not afraid of, you know, of danger abroad or something like that, but just knowing what I was going to see and how it was going to affect me um, that I just, and, and she said, we've got to do it. She had, had been before. Yeah. Um, it took two years. I had started telling him he needed to go. I'd been a few times with our oldest, and I was like, well, the next time I go, you're coming and then the other kids were like well we want to come too and I was like that's great we're all going and then there was a year that we couldn't go so I had a whole nother year to make sure he realized I was serious um, and 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 one of the neat things about that of going on the trips is you're not you're not there par I mean you're parenting your kids while you're there but they're on your team with you so you get to see them working and and and, you know, Drew Mellon was kind of helping us lead that. He did a really good job of giving them jobs. They weren't always with us, and it was, it was special, and it helped us start to see our kids as, like, pre-adults, you know, like, like oh, they're going to be able to do this when they grow up. So, so it's not quite as scary when you do kind of launch them out um, because you've seen in a little microcosm them actually doing it. Mm -hmm. So that, that helped as we've sent some off to college. But that takes a lot of work and a lot of investment, yes. right? But you've seen it as a worthy investment with a good return. So Tim and Tracy here on the couch with me, thankful for you guys. The sick people were at a birthday party at my house yesterday, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, if you're going to get sick, we're going to get sick. It'll be fine. But, I, you know, I admire the way that you guys have parented and kind of in this, this season of your life where you've got adult children, What's that do for you as you for so long were mom and dad? You're still mom and dad, but mom and dad in a, a very different way. What's that done for your faith and kind of your identity in the Lord and in your family? Um, I, I'll tell you what, it's, it's um, one of the things it has done as they have gotten older, uh, to your point, is all of our children, so our children are 30, 26, 24, 27, 24. They always have birthdays. <laughs> they just come all the time. Like they you said another birthday. Wow. That's how that works. Um, and, and we've had, we've had a lot of, um, in the last two years, and you know, we have dealt with in a, in a culture, or gone through, I should say, as a culture, both, uh, we've had a lot of intense conversations about all of the topics that you can imagine that are going on. And so it's really grown our faith. It's made us, you know, uh, uh, you know just trust God and also continue to, to seek Him. Uh, but it has... has you know, um, I, I'm loving all the stories and um, uh, and, and hearing them, um, and, and just just to add to that, I think I think I guess the answer to the question would just it just helped us grow uh, deeper and think and, and think through our faith deeper, um, and um, you know that, that's I guess the main quick answer to that. So, um, but just to kind of keep going, I'm looking here, and you mentioned starting early out. I may do a little recap. Um, you know, when Tracy and I started out um, as a young couple. Uh, I'm looking on, the, on like the third row up here. I see Diane DeFore, who many of you know here. We were in a Bible study with Diane DeFore as a young married couple. And to have somebody that was a mentor to us from a 
from a spiritual standpoint was huge. Uh, so I think about the family and, and um, you know, that the role Diane played uh, with that in our life. Um, uh, Laura, what you said, um, one, one thing, and you and I have said this to each other, is the other thing, Trace and I, very, very early on, went to a marriage conference um, because guess what? We were having trouble. Um, a good, good friend of ours, uh, who you know well, has said, if you've been married more than about 10 years and haven't been to counseling, then you've got something wrong because probably there are things you need to work on. And uh, one of the things we learned at a marriage conference was, hey, you're, you know what? You've, you've become one. You're on the same team. So I would say to husband and wives in here, realize you are on the same team. You need to work together uh, in this. And, um, and then I would, I would add to, to what Chris said, um, just to say, and, and um, I love the way, Chris, how you articulated that. One of those things I will say is that family devotionals, they bombed at our house, okay? Just to help you with that, if you're, if you're trying to do this as a couple and get your kids around the table, we homeschooled our kids too for about six years, sent them to private Christian school, and then homeschooled them the last few years. So we've, we can, as we've jokingly said, we can talk you into homeschooling and we can talk you out of it. <laughs> Um, and so just a couple of things there, but, um, but I would just say that, that, uh, one of the things we have done, we did realize, uh, when, when, when we looked around and the kids were out of the house and, and, and now gone, uh, one is again living with us, went off a couple of years, COVID layoffs brought her back home. But, um, we realized that we, you know, we got married, we had kids and when the kids were not out of the house, there was, um, that, that focus of the kids and the 20 plus years of raising them was not there. And so we looked at, at had to look at each other now and say, hey, you know, the reason we, uh, the reason we had kids was because we got married and then had them. And, um, and, and I remember uh, we, we were looking at each other and, and started talking through things. And here's something we realized the, the issues we had in our marriage for the first 20 something, 25 years when we had kids, many of those issues were still there. So now the kids aren't there anymore. We have to now work through those issues. So we've had some challenges the last few years adapting to it just being she and I and uh, really focusing on some of those issues that we had just tucked away because there were more important things. Um, and we'll let you talk and then, and we felt like there were more important things. One thing I want to add that the Metcalf said, if I had to look back at the legacy, we talk about here uh, leaving a legacy. And let me just say this, because I know it, 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 um, it, one of the things that was mentioned is, is that um, we have to be care, careful as parents uh, from, you know, it, it, and uh, what Laura said was dead on is we have to first follow Christ and, and, and our personal relationship, then within our marriage. But just because we do, this is not a, not a, you know, two plus two equals four. Just because we do these things, it may not result in our, our kids um, uh, you know, walking in that same faith that we did. And as an example, my dad, I, I, my dad didn't go to church growing up. I, he didn't go to, uh, go to church until I was um, in my late teens. Praise the Lord, my mom did take me to church. But in looking back at our life, um, uh, one of the things that I'm so glad we did as a family we, is we went on mission trips. We've been on four family mission trips, two in the U.S., two overseas. And it is, it is just uh, all the things you said, Amelia and, and Josh, were... were very true, and just it, uh, it brought us closer together as a family. It got us to see what it's like to live outside of the United States and, and the prosperity that we have here that in other countries, many countries do not. And so that was just one of the key things I would, um, you know, encourage you to do as a family 
is to find some times and ways to serve together. So that's good. Yeah, Miss Tracy, why don't you you'll land the plane for us here? So yeah, not any pressure or anything. We're just friends here right. up on a couch together with just some people watching. But talk talk to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are some things you feel like you you know have uh, seen God do and gotten right, not gotten right, and what have you learned along the way? Um, I think to add to what Tim said and and the Metcalfs about. Uh, mission trips is that one thing that I saw with my girls is that how each one of their giftings came out, you know, and they're, they're all different and they, and God's gifted them all in a different way. Um, I think as far as our role, um, the biggest thing that has changed, I think them being out of the house and, um, you, you're not, you're not, you're still part of their life, but you're not in the day to day, um, is that your prayer life really changes. It actually increases. <laughs> you think, okay, because the, the, um, the issues or the, the challenges that they have are, are, are a lot different. They're a lot more weightier, I guess, you know, and, um, whether it's hurting or, you know, um, whatever, and, and just a be able to speak into their life um, with permission <laughs> um, and not just to have that day-to-day -day conversations with them, but to um, just to pray. And that's really what I have found that has increased the most and how our role has changed. Um, and then to add the grandchildren on top of that is um, now we, uh, we joked when, we, when our girls were growing up that I used to joke with Tim that he was the nice one and I was the mean one because I would enforce the rules a little bit <laughs> harder maybe. Um, but, um, but now with the grandkids, I feel like the fun part has come for me. <laughs> so I love it. Well, uh, let's honor our panelists here. Thank you guys so much for being up here today with us. I'll invite the band back up as we kind of turn towards the end of our service. And it really is. It's, it's been cool. Thanks. I feel like you guys crashed my living room today, tore down the fourth wall. I've been here. But uh, in all these people, ev everyone's marriage is different. Everyone's parenting is different. Their stage of life is different. We wanted to share this with you today just as kind of a microcosm of what is true of our church. God's given so many of you great marriages and great kids. And for some of you, this is the best season of your family. And for others, you walked in with a tremendous family wound. Family's not been good to you or good for you. But we see in God the heart of a father who loves you and who sees you and who knows you. And he invites you into this beautiful family together. And we are thankful to be in this faith family with each of you as God has given the family unit as a picture of his character. I hope that you saw a little bit of that today. So I want to invite you to stand up with me and I'll pray for us. Lord, we do love you and I'm thankful, God, that that is how you have chosen to reveal yourself to us. Lord, as a father and you're a good father. Lord, we see you speak Jesus of our relationship in prayer. Uh, Lord, that if we would ask you, Lord, for a fish, you wouldn't give us a snake. If we ask you for a loaf of bread, you wouldn't give us a stone. Lord, you give us uh, good things. Lord, our parents are the families of origin for us. Lord, they've shaped us so many great things and maybe some difficult things. But we thank you for your grace that abounds and your mercies that are new every morning. 
Lord, for those that have taken a step into a family, into a marriage, into parenting. Lord, we thank you that they bring their family here to connect with this faith family. It's important, Lord, not to forsake the gathering of people together. Lord, the assembly of your church. Lord, we are thankful for the way that you've chosen to work in family. Lord, for those that are outside of their family, a step out, a step away maybe. Lord, we pray that you would help reconcile. Lord, that you'd restore. And Lord, that you'd help people connect meaningfully in this faith family. So Lord, we thank you for that gift, the gift of family. Lord, we pray for these tithes and these offerings. Lord, as we follow you in the biblical command of the tithe and the offering, to give of what you've given us. Lord, for your mission, for your glory, for your good. Lord, it shapes us. Lord, I thank you for the way that family has shaped all of us. Lord, that you're the one who holds all things together. Lord, you'll make all things right. So in the middle, God, we ask for grace. We thank you, Lord, again, that you are a perfect father and you invite us into a flawed but perfect family. And we ask these things.